Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. What had happened was they didn't listen to God. Again and again, God said, If you disobey me, you'll be disciplined. If you disobey me, other nations will come and you'll become captives and you'll be taken to a far off land. The prophets foretold that. The word of God told that. God warned them again and again. And God is so very patient, it's amazing. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see. You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and After years of warnings and many prophetic siren calls, God finally punished Israel for her rebellion during the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah's rule. The Lord allowed Babylon to lay siege and capture Jerusalem. Pastor Ed teaches us in today's message from Daniel chapter 1 that the Lord is very patient with us and slow to anger. He does not take pleasure in judging the people of the earth. However, there comes a day, as it did in Israel, when the Lord will send corrective judgment to a rebellious people. Now here's Pastor Ed with part one of today's message entitled, Thriving in Babylon. I don't know if you know Ed Morgan, but Ed Morgan served in the U.S. Air Force. He served in Korea, actually, for a good number of years. Then he went to Washington, D.C., and he was a consultant, and then he went to work for General Electric. He became friends with Jack Welsh, who became eventually the chairman and the CEO. He actually was his speechwriter for a while as well. Now, he was a believer. He was a Christian. And he went through some difficult times. He was misdiagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and he began to think about his life, began to think about a lot of things. And sometime later, he had an offer to become leader of the Bowery Mission. He became the president and the CEO. Now, he would have to take a 60% pay cut. The golden handcuffs of an incredible salary with GA which he didn't keep him. He simply said, I'm going to do what God wants me to do. Now, he literally turned the Bowery Mission around. The Bowery Mission, it tripled its fundraising, its funds that were coming in. It, it changed its purpose to just not just giving a warm bed and a good meal, but it, they wanted to have an outcome. They wanted... Those to leave, leave sober, employed, and connected to Christ and to their family. He started a women's ministry as well. And he just recently retired at 72 years of age. He was thriving in the culture of New York City, and he was using his gifts for God. Does God have a purpose for you? A plan for you. What does God want 
you to do with your life. Now, we're watching the culture change, and we can just simply decide to do things that sometimes Christians do. When things go bad, sometimes Christians retreat, and they just say, let's huddle, let's get together. You know, we'll just isolate ourselves. And, and Christians have done that throughout the centuries. Or you could make the choice, we're going to fight. We're going to protest. We're going to fight everything. Or you could just say, well, that's the way it is. Let's embrace it. Or you could engage the culture for our Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe that's what Daniel, that's what his friends were going to do. They were going to engage the culture to make a difference. Philippians tells us that uh, we are citizens of heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. We are resident aliens in this nation, in this country. Just picture how he could have felt. Daniel and his friends might have felt. They might have felt, boy, what in the world is happening Look, we're taken from our homeland. If you look again at verses 1 and 2. In the third year, the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some articles from the temple of God. Now, they would take these articles out of the temple and they would put it in the temple of their God and say, see, our God's more powerful than your God. Now, how did that look to the people in Jerusalem? How would you feel if suddenly some other country comes in, defeats America, invades us, and they deport us to other parts of the world? Families are broken up, they're separated, and suddenly you're in uh, lands where they speak a different language and you have to learn that different language. Life is just turned upside down. Think about all the refugees that are living, leaving the Middle East. I mean, those are people like you and me. Those are people who were lawyers and doctors and pharmacists and workers and owned homes. And now everything that they own is on their backpack. And they're traversing. They're looking for a place. We are to consider ourselves citizens of heaven. And this is only our temporary home. Now, they could have simply thought, what in the world is happening? Well, the biblical historian has an insight that the secular historian wouldn't have. The biblical historian says it this way. He tells us that this was all God's hands. It, it was God that delivered them into the hands of the Babylonians. If you look in Second Chronicles, it says, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, attacked him and bound him with bronze shackles to take him to Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar also took Babylon articles from the temple of the Lord, put them in his temple there. What had happened was they didn't listen to God. 
Again and again, God said, if you disobey me, you'll be disciplined. If you disobey me, other nations will come and you'll become captives and you'll be taken to a far off land. The prophets foretold that. The word of God told that. God warned them again and again. And God is so very patient, it's amazing. He speaks again and again to us. We've all heard his voice. I mean, you hear his voice through his word. Maybe the prophetic gifts. Maybe the circumstances of your life just shout out. And God's saying, son, don't do that. Daughter, don't go there. No, it's me speaking. And you know that you know that you know that God is speaking directly to you. You can turn a deaf ear and you can ignore God and you could simply harden your heart. And then you suffer the consequence. And that's what's happening here. Now, we suffer sometimes because of the decisions that others make. Daniel was going to be taken to a far-off land because of the disobedience of the nation. And he suffered because of that. When we look at history, recognize that God is over history. I believe that. Do you believe that? I mean, just go back and think about the Second World War. God's still involved in the events of our life. Hitler, if he would have turned all of his attention to Britain, instead of going after Russia, history in Europe might be far, far different. God turns the hearts of people whatever way he wants God still is in control of history. And sometimes the events that happen in our life are a severe mercy. It's God getting our attention, God disciplining, God speaking and saying, I want your attention. Here's the difference. When the Lord is behind everything... That changes everything. When the Lord is behind everything, it changes everything. When you see that God's hand is behind the scenes, ordering our steps, ordering the movements of history, you you recognize that God is in control of those who are in control. And you can say, all right, Lord, if this is the circumstances I find myself in, if I see that Our culture is changing. I'm going to recognize that, Lord, you're going to give me the grace to thrive in a changing culture. The trouble with us as Christians is this. We idealize the past. We romanticize the past. We whine about the present, and we dread the future. Now, I'm a baby boomer, and and I hear some... My friends say, boy, it was great back then. Look what's happened now. And I think, really? Was it really that good? Well, I mean, we look back to the 1950s and we think of Leave it to Beaver. 
Man, that, that was really a great time. Well, it was a great time unless um, you were black and you lived under Jim Crow's laws. Was it really that great? I remember a president being shot, a presidential candidate being shot, and a religious leader being shot. I remember being concerned about the draft. 58,000 people killed in Vietnam, and then when those soldiers came back, they were ridiculed and treated with disrespect. I remember uh, Richard Nixon and Watergate. I remember gas lines that were blocked long and runaway inflation. And I know, I know, I know our nation, secular, puts as a marker Woodstock, but for the Christian, it wasn't so great. We tend to romanticize about the past and whine about the present and dread the future. I believe as Christians, we have to recognize there is a God who controls all of history. And our lives are in his hands. And to realize that, okay, if Daniel and history friends could thrive in Babylon, and Babylon was far worse than, well, it is here. I mean, last I heard, it's not happening here in the States, but last I heard that Christians weren't thrown to a lion's den. Well, we haven't been put in a fiery furnace. Now, there are Christians right now that are suffering. Do you know every five seconds a Christian is martyred for his faith? There are 100 million Christians suffering persecution now. It's difficult on so many. And then... We feel like, well, well, it is hard. There are changes. But he gives us a template in how to deal with the changes that are happening in our culture. So the first thing you look at is God is sovereign. He determines our destinies. God's favor enables us to fulfill our destiny. God's favor enables us to fill our destiny. Now, God caused the officials to show favor and sympathy to Daniel. It was difficult. They were determined to reprogram these Jewish people. They were determined to re-educate them. And and Daniel was taking a stance. Now, later on in the book, you see him, he ate meat and he drank wine. But somehow from the king's table, the food there represented something to him that just wasn't right. It was a compromise. It says in verse 8, you see the difficulties that he faced. But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and the wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. They broke his kosher laws and, and, and they... Uh, caused him to compromise, and so he he didn't want to eat that. Now, 
it's difficult today. It is. I mean, the narrative that we have to fight makes it very difficult. Because as soon as you say, you need to be saved, you need to accept Christ as Savior, uh, the culture will say, well, that's good for you, that's true for you, but not true for us. And then you want to stop and say, wait a minute, they write that right there, they want to shut down the conversation. And you want to say, wait a minute, you don't determine truth, you discover truth. You don't sit as a judge and jury and say, this is true, this isn't true. No, no, you discover the truth. It's not something that you just make up. Uh, There are these cultural narratives that uh, we're fighting against simply because um, we're Christians and we have to recognize that there are difficult times that we have to fight. I don't know, how many saw the film God's Not Dead? Wasn't that good? Now, I could imagine uh, these young men going to the education of Babylon. And they were going to educate them in astrology, in fortune telling, in uh, the literature and wisdom of Babylon. They, they wanted to indoctrinate them. They changed their names. See, they wanted to take their identity away. They wanted them to disconnect with who they were. And we face some of those battles because I think about our young people in our schools. It's a battle sometimes to say, I'm a Christian. I believe that God created everything. They look at you like you're out of the dark ages, like you're absolutely a non-thinking person. So we do have difficult times. We're watching morality change. The values change in our culture. But other cultures have seen difficult times as well. And what Daniel determined to do is he wasn't going to compromise. He wasn't going to defile himself. Now, I could imagine they could have protested every single class. They had three years of education in Babylon. Sometimes, sometimes... You have to carefully pick your battles. I think if they protested every class, they would have never graduated. (laughs) You have to know when to pick the battles. You have to be in tune with the Lord. You know, have to know when to stand up. And so this was a moment that he had to stand up and say, well, this this is wrong. We, we, We don't want to defile ourselves. Now, that determination... You might have in your heart, but unless God helps you, it's unlikely that you'll fulfill it. See, God sees our hearts. And then if we listen to his voice and we let him make a way, he enables us to navigate through those difficult times. He gave them favor. And they said, okay, we'll take the test. And A miracle happened because you don't gain weight on vegetables and fruit. God's hand was in what they were doing. This is not a passage of Scripture that says that we should all be vegetarians. 
It is a passage of scripture that's saying that God is intervening and he watches over his children and he helps them when they determine to do the right thing. Now, notice the determination that he had. But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. I think about our lives. When you get to the end of the life, the culmination of the life you've lived is the sum total of the decisions you have made all through your life. Who you are, how you experience life, is determined by the decisions that you make all through your life. Daniel, at the end of the life, at, his end, at the end of the book, is a man that, I mean, he's just outstanding. I mean, when you look at Abraham, Abraham made some real serious mistakes. You look at Moses, he made some real serious mistakes. I mean, like us, you know, David. But you look at Daniel, the Bible has nothing, nothing, nothing negative to say about him at all. The decisions you make today impact tomorrow. Are you making decisions as a pilgrim with the sense that my citizenship is in heaven and the Bible, the scriptures are guiding the decisions of my life? Well, uh, that's what um, Ed Morgan did. He made a decision to use his life for the kingdom. Now, in 1 Kings 8.50, there's a passage of scripture. Uh, You see Daniel in the book of Daniel praying for forgiveness for himself and for the people because he realized that the things that they were suffering were a result of the sinfulness of the people of God. And it says in 8.50, this is Solomon. He's praying for the Jewish people. When they get taken to a foreign land, he had this prophetic word that there would be captivity, that there would be um, people coming in and, and, and people being repopulated from Canaan to the ends of the earth. And he says, and forgive your people who have sinned against you. Forgive all the offenses they have committed against you and cause their conquerors to show them mercy sometimes it's severe mercy when God in his gracious hand disciplines us it hurts it's difficult but remember your heavenly father doesn't stop loving you even when he takes you to the woodshed even when he disciplines you And Daniel recognized that. So in the midst of the king's court, I mean, Nebuchadnezzar was a madman. I mean, he'd go into a rage in a second, in a moment. He would cut people's lives off and and just execute them just like that. I'm sure at times it was difficult. Real difficult. But they thrived 
in a toxic culture. The book of Daniel has some of the most loved stories in the whole of the Bible. We all remember the story of Daniel in the lion's den, a wonderful story of God's deliverance. Each day here on Building in Faith, Pastor Ed will continue teaching through the book of Daniel. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. There you can find today's message. The only thing you need to remember is today's date. Again, to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Building in Faith and to access the archive of messages, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Building in Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Building in Faith. Your word restored.